Welcome to the Who Do You Think You Are podcast by Endurance Leadership. Each episode, we interview ordinary but extraordinary individuals about their unique identity journeys, sharing valuable lessons and breakthrough coaching moments to inspire and help listeners get unstuck. My name is Ken Castrico. As a deep coach with over 20 years of experience and the owner of Endurance Leadership, my mission is to guide clients on a journey of self-discovery. Ultimately, my goal is to empower clients to not only understand but fully embrace their true selves, unlocking their full potential and living a more authentic and fulfilling life. Knowing who you are can change the way you see the world and others around you, and that's why we are here to help you find you. Join us as we search for the gold in people's lives. Today, my guest is Rachel Jones. Rachel and I have worked together in the past in industrial finishes. Rachel is an operations manager over six stores in Utah and Idaho. She has led and managed teams for over 20 years. Her motto is that she is living her best life and she is constantly learning. She has found that learning her identity and the identities of others have not only helped her in her profession, but in her personal life. So without further ado, I wanna introduce you to my friend, Rachel Jones. I'm so happy that you're here, Rachel. Well, thank you for having me, Ken. I'm excited. Awesome. I'd like to state the purpose for what we're doing and for people to be encouraged by finding out how identity plays a part in their ordinary lives is a really, I believe, a really big thing. So we believe that all lives are interesting and deserve to be celebrated. And so I want to really celebrate you because you've done so much in your life and you have garnered the respect of a lot of people, especially in that industry, in the automotive paint industry and in an industrial finishes itself. So, you know, I have a premise in that you cannot be successful in your own life if you don't know and understand your identity. Do you believe that you really need to understand your identity? I do believe that. Just as recent, I believe it more and more. Really? So, yes. We're exploring these concepts in people's lives to discover how they contribute to somebody's success, not just financial success, but overall broad definition success. What is your definition of success? Success to me would be happy, right? Being happy, I'd feel successful, uh-huh. um, living my best life, and just happiness. Happiness. And yeah. I want you to comment on this statement you just said, living your best life, because you say that all the time. We got to spend a little bit of time together the beginning of August, and you kept on saying that 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 statement, living your best life. What What is that about? Well, I just believe if I... If I just keep telling myself living my best life, then, and I practice it, right? Anything Uh I do and I say, I'm just living my best life. I hope you're living your best life. It's constantly on my mind and it makes me think I want to live my best life. So the choices I make and the journey I go on, if I just keep reminding myself that, then it just helps motivate me. Okay. So it's somewhat of a trigger for you. You get to think about that. So it's on top of mind. Yeah. That's really good. I love that. And if, and have you found that people around you tend to repeat that to you? Yeah. They do? Yeah. Yep. That, I think now, yep, after how many years I've been saying it, I think it's just, it just happens now. People just say it. Uh-huh. How many years you've been saying it? Probably three. Three years. And have you noticed a, a, a turnaround in your life that you, you think about that stuff a lot? Oh, yes. 
Okay, cool. Can you give me an example? Yeah. My father is an amazing person. He is humble. He is kind. He is an old soul. He makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. But my dad has an addiction that makes makes him make some poor choices that's really affected my life, my whole life. Mm-hmm. And it used to really get me down. And since my new my new living my best life, it's that has been something that has helped me. Like I'm living my best life. He needs to live his life. So how can I take this in action? When something bad happens, I just, I have to turn it around because I'm living my best life and I can love you and I can be here for you, but I'm not going to go down there with you. So it's not a really good example, but it's something that I think I have been able to, because I want to live my best life. I make my choices. I want to live my life. I want to do it happily. So when things negatively happen, I just, it's, remember, Rachel, you're living your best life. Gotcha. That's so good. And, you know, that that you're you're able to take your dad's, you know, faults and poor choices and put them in perspective. That's really good. That's rich stuff. And, and that's how you've been able to, it sounds like that's how you've been able to keep grounded and keep moving on and not hold grudges and keep it in perspective. Right, right. And it took a lot of time. Yeah, it took a lot of time, and because I did hold grudges, and I was resentful and bitter, and I just—I don't know—not just living my best life. You know, you've taught me so many amazing things that I've also that's helped me with this. But mm-hmm. living my best life is just my motto. <laughs> Maybe it's my mission statement. <laughs> I think it is. To be honest with you, I think it really is. I think it's really crazy because I've never really repeated that before. And this last month, since I spent a little time with you at the beginning of the month, my wife Diane and I were up with you guys up in Oregon, and uh, I find myself saying it all the time. So thank you. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your background. Where where you live, where you know, you're married and children, okay. you know, the beginnings. Okay. Well, let's see. So my mom and dad were married for a lot of years. And had me and my brother. I'm the older sister. I'm the boss of the family. (laughs) And we, let's see, my mom, my dad's addiction just was taken over. So my mom had left him probably, it was probably about eight. Mm -hmm. And we just, we lived in a one-bedroom apartment. Me, my brother, my mom. My mom worked really hard. She worked two jobs. She didn't sleep much. You know, we all have something like that, I'm sure. And... So I was really my brother's best friend and he was mine. And my dad would be in and out of prison and my mom loved hard. My mom loved him so much through all this. She supported him for a long time, but she, I watched her struggle and I had a baby very young and uh-huh. my mom wasn't able to raise me in a baby. And so I got a job. <laughs> I've been at my job for 26 years and I've been together with my husband for 26 years. We've been married 19 and we raised kids. Our life was baseball and dance and work, right? Mm-hmm. And raising right. a home and dogs and just the normal. Right. And now my kids are older and they moved down. They've moved on. They're successful. I'm very proud of them. They're my life. And me and my husband are getting ready to, you know, live our live our best life together and my sister-in-law passed away at 35 years old, and she had a nine-year-old who we had the choice to let her go to foster care or bring her in. And in September, it will be one year, and she's been with us. 
and it's been very hard. Wow. And so just kind of about my life, you know, my brother is one of my best friends and he, he had a hard time realizing who he is and who he wanted to be with no father figure in his life, I feel. Mm -hmm. And he reached out to some older and he was also in and out of prison and I've been his mentor and he's doing really well now. And And that's your brother. Yeah, my brother. And, you know, he's bought a house and he has a great job and, you know, he had a hard time staying out of trouble, but he's doing amazing. So my life is good. There's some work to do and I'm living my best life. That's, that's so good. And so before we go any farther and get into some more of this identity questions I have for you. So explain to everybody what you do right now, your position in the company. Okay. So I'm a regional operations manager. And I have six locations and I just kind of see processes and make sure things are rolling. Um, I help everywhere, right? So we Mm -hmm. have warehouse, we have delivery, we have counter sales team, we do pricing. So I kind of do a lot of things, but I just really manage operations. Gotcha. Okay. And you've been doing that for how long? I've been, I've been the regionals for five years. I'm sure that that your rise in the company from where you were and, you know, I know what you did. You were delivering paint to body shops at one time, right? Yeah. And now you've worked your way up to a regional over how many stores? Six. Six stores. How much has figuring out who you are contributed to to that rise from going from somebody who is delivering and anybody who's been in the industry knows it's kind of like auto parts or auto paint. The very first thing usually people do is they deliver, right? Yes. Yes. It's the entry level. So in all, in, in all aspects of this company in this, in this business, in this industry, you've risen. I mean, it's, it's not an overnight success. You could probably say you could write the book that says, you know, how to be an overnight success in what, 20, one years or whatever years, right? <laughs> you know, you're, you're an overnight success, right? But but actually, how much identity play in your rise to, you know, an area manager? Well, when you asked me and I think about it, I would have thought, oh, that had nothing to do with it. But I will tell you what, now knowing that identity does it means everything, right? Mm-hmm. When I was investing in myself, when I started to do better, when I started living my best life, it's just when my leadership had, had really taken off and people started believing in me. So I guess just understanding what I wanted and who I was, people started seeing it and believing in me. Right. So isn't that great that you, and, and when did you really start to see that identity played a part where you could identify that? Where I could identify it is probably probably two years ago is when I was a true believer about the identity. Okay. Was there I, was there a moment? Was there something that happened? You. You came <laughs> in my life and you believed in me mm-hmm. and you taught me many things, you know, the why, feel the pain. And I just, all the little things that you taught me, mm-hmm. I would take real and okay. I would... You'd give me books and you'd tell me who to listen to and what to do. And I just would do it. Okay. So let's slow down a little bit. Let's talk about the why. You say the why was important. What, what, yes. what about that was important? What, what, what changed your perspective when you started asking that word why? 
Well, I think in life, we all just go through the motions and we're doing it. We feel like because we're told to or someone else wants to or it just needs to be done. Uh But when you really sit down and think, why? You know, why? Why did I make you feel that way? Why did I why would I say this? And you really just dial it down. Why? I just when you can sit down and think about it, the why it it just makes more sense in all situations. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, we we don't do Simon Sinek talks about the why a lot. And we and then we've we've talked about that before. And you know, people don't know they don't buy how you do something. They buy why you do it. And right. so you can apply that in your life. Right. Right. Yeah. And when you do some, some sometimes you stop doing the things you were doing before because you you, you don't even there is no purpose behind it. Right. You, right. It's an interesting thing. So that's really interesting, the the why and how that really affects trajectory in your life. And and you spend a lot less time being people pleasing, right? Right. Were, were you a people pleaser? Oh, yes. Explain that a little bit. I, I wanted to be superwoman, right? I wanted to do everything. I wanted to make everyone else happy. I wanted to, I just wanted to make sure everyone got what they needed. And then when you really sit down and think why it really, it just made me, I don't know. It just made me realize why am I doing this? It's making me more stressed, you know, I'm trying to help everyone else. So, so let's just ask why, and why are we going to do it this way? And sometimes why can't we do it this way? So, right. Did did you notice that in work too, that it really helped in your management? Definitely in my management, in my leadership, yeah. and my marriage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those are hard ones, though, right? They're not easy because you're you're yeah. you, you're so programmed and trained to do things a certain way. You know, I, I'm a I'm a former recovered people pleaser myself, and has spent you know most of my life trying to people please, and and so I know it well. And usually, people that help people with people pleasing are, are like the number one people pleasers on the planet. They they get it. They can only help you if they've break, broken through. And thank God I've broken through a little bit on that and understand it. So I, another question I wanted to ask you is, can you tell us about three of the biggest events that got you where you are today? Is there three, two or three things? If you can only think of one, that's fine. Okay. But if, can you think of some things that there were catalysts? some stories that were maybe catalysts that have to do maybe with identity and finding out who you are or, um, you know, a, a major life event. Okay. Let's see for, for my professional life, my leadership, someone asked me one time, why, why do you, you're so smart and, and you're so great, but why do you always settle sometimes for things that you don't believe in? Sometimes other people's decisions maybe trump yours. Why don't you ever stand up for yourself? Mm. And and that just made me think, yeah, why? Why do I do that? Did you do and, you know why? Because I was a, I'm a people pleaser, and I I don't really know why. I didn't really know. I thought I don't know why I do that because maybe I'm maybe I don't have enough courage. Uh huh. And and no, and knowing you right now, Rachel, I I couldn't even fathom you not having courage. <laughs> And I, and yeah, I don't know. So that was just something that I didn't, I just was questioned, you know, it was, it was actually one of my team members and said, you know, why do you, why do you, why do you let other people dictate the decision when, you know, you should be making this decision, you know, you live it, you do it. And, Mm, and, you know, can you, 
And you had a huge part with that. You taught me how to communicate it better, right? Instead of being mad and angry. And I, you know, I mean, I just, you've really helped me through that. So thank you. Well, you're welcome. So that's one thing. So you, you, you basically figured out that you can't people please. And somebody, you, a, a, a coworker, somebody you, you manage, right? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it funny how the people that we manage sometimes are, have, get the biggest lessons? It's like our kids, right? Right. Yeah. Sometimes I remember asking somebody, I remember asking a couple guys, how, how am I going to be a father? And in essence, one of the guys said, that's all right. Your son will teach you everything you need to know and how to be a father. And that's so true, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Is there another one you can think of off the top of your... You know, another one is my mom. Mm-hmm. My mom has been a strong person, and she's been strong my whole life. She's been dependable. She's been loyal. She's been lovable. And about three years ago, my mom got really sick. And we've seen a lot of experts, and we can't figure it out. And we've been... For three years, we've been seeing a doctor... It wasn't cancer. She has something wrong with her throat. She can't talk now. She can only whisper. We've done radiation. There's, it's not cancer, so we just can't figure it out, not even the experts. But next, on the 13th of this month, they're going to do a total laryngectomy where they're mm-hmm. going to remove it. Mm-hmm. And just watching her get sick and seeing things like that made me realize what's what's really important, you know? What's, so let me ask you, if you don't mind, what what is really important? You know, I feel my family, I love family and my family and my friends and yeah. And I even, for me now, I wasn't really raised religious, but I have been a Christian my whole life. But I think even now, you know, being spiritual has been important to me. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. And so this has given you another perspective and that, you know, life's about perspectives. You know, you can see one thing one way and then you get an insight like your mom and it changes everything, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah. I would work my life away, you know? <laughs> yeah. And now I realize it's it's not always about the work. Yeah. And you know, this whole idea of what we're doing here, what we're doing really trying to show is I, I call you an ordinary, but extraordinary person. And you know how many people are dealing with stuff like you're just talking about right now. You know, there's so many people that need to hear about your strength and about your willingness to change and and look at the why and understand what's going on. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about identity, even though we that identity has been thread through our entire conversation already. But, you know, the definition of identity is your characteristics that make up who you are. And when we find out those things, they're life-changing. And, you know, I have all kinds of ways to dig down deep in identity with people how much time have you spent thinking about your identity in the past? Is it is it a lot or did it take someone maybe like me to mention it or, or bring it up? I would just kind of think about it, you know, and it, it didn't really hit me as hard as some of the other things like the why or feel the pain or, but just as recent when I saw you, you and your wife, I've really thought about it a ton. I think it was kind of the, you know, just the class that we did together and it really put it really more in perspective for me. Good. Have you given identity and who you are, that authentic self? How would you define that today, your authentic self? Oh, I, I'm fun and I'm lovable and, and that's just who I want to be, right? I want to be fun. I want to be happy. I want to be lovable. I want to, I just, yeah, I just want to live my best life. So right. I feel, yeah. yeah. 
So, and okay, so understanding that you're fun, lovable. There's also another side of that identity where you can be serious. Tell me a little bit more about the identity that you have discovered that is professional in nature. So like you are an amazing coordinator of people and you have teams. You understand how much of an amazing team builder you are. I feel... In my identity, we kind of ask, like, what is your identity and what are some things that I do that I talk about other people, I build other people up. I want to, when I spend my money, I spend on other people through gratitude or even cards. So I would feel bringing, I want to be professional, right? So I I am professional. Um, Bringing a team together is because I love that. And I want them to want that. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really know. I just feel I, I enjoy that. I enjoy bringing other people together. I enjoy gratitude. I love real discussions. I love, you know, I want to uh-huh. provide a solution. So, yeah. Oh, is that kind of where we're, yeah. what you mean? Yeah, that's exactly it. Because, you know, you have this side of you that you know, you've decided or that you know or you've discovered that is, you know, you want it, you want other people to be happy. You want to be happy, and you want other people to be happy. And you and I have often talked about this whole idea that you're a mama, you know, and to have everybody on the same page going in the right direction is very important to you. Yeah. Uh, so you do that at work too. And I see the biggest change in you that I've seen is that you've really done that in such a professional way that people love the teams they're on when you're leading them. So good job. Thank you. Yeah. So has any, you know, from people that you listen to, maybe besides me and you talked about identity, have you ever heard any of this identity talk and people talking about identity from anybody else? Mostly you. Mostly me. Uh (laughs) Well, I think that's great. I always like to ask that question because I know that, you know, people are, there are other people that have people in the self-help genre and all these kinds, they got other ways of talking about identity. It's always very interesting to see if somebody has anything else about identity and how they've helped people to to define that. So how much importance do you put on personality types? I know you and I have talked about that, especially being a manager of, of people. How have you learned about the people that you are on your team? How do you do that? How do you learn about other people's personality types? Well, I have to observe them. Mm-hmm. Right. I have to, before I'd want to be fun and I want to come in the room and I want to take the room away and I want everyone to be happy, but that's not for everyone. So now I've realized sometimes you just have to get to know your people. You have to meet them. You have to understand them. And, and once you get to understand them and their personality needs example in the office, you know, I have a, I have a coworker who you can approach them and let's get to work and boom, boom, boom. And here we go. And I have another coworker who we need to stop and we need to say, how was your weekend and how are you? And, you know, what'd you have for dinner? And then we can go to work and it just really sets the whole day. So mm-hmm. I do believe personality, getting to know your people and their personality really helps. Do you have any tricks that you do to, you know, do you take them out to lunch? Do you, do you, do you spend time with them? You know, you manage quite a few stores. Do you put somebody in your car with you? What, what are some of the things you do? You know, we've done lunch and, you know, we, I have six locations, so we have some drive time. So quite a few of them I put in my car with me. 
Mm-hmm. Some of them I get in their car with them and, and go on the job with them for the day and that I get to know about them and let them talk about themselves. And so yeah. I can really listen and understand, you know, and I have to take notes sometimes and reread them, you know, because there's so many that it's sometimes it's hard to yeah. remember. Yeah. Yeah. This whole idea that we have to study. I mean, I'm really big on this. You need to study the people that you're with. You need to study who they are. And there's all kinds of tools out there to be able to do that. But really like what you're saying is actually it's spending quality time with people that really does it. And I know with you and, and, and I, Rachel, you know, um, I left the company a year or so ago and haven't been around as much, but uh, you know, what was really cool about you and me is that we were able to pick up right where we left off. Isn't that cool? Yes. Yeah. And, and it was really evident to see that you have been working, continually working on yourself and trying to figure out who you are. And I, I believe this wholeheartedly is if you'll figure out who you are, the, the world opens up to everybody else and figuring out who they are as well and helping them understand that and discover it. So what would you tell somebody who's on an identity journey? Well, how would you encourage them? I would tell them to people that motivate you, spend time with them, get to know people. You know, you want to reach out, get some books, get a coach. You know, just that thing we did, the hero on a mission was was very mm-hmm. helpful. Right, right. So, so just use some tools. Okay, so that's the pat answer. If you were sitting down talking to one of your team members and they were struggling with identity. Tell me what you'd tell them. The heart answer. I would tell them. I would tell them all the great things about them. I would tell them what I observe. Mm. Um, you know, this is what I see. And do you believe it? What I would tell them what they talk about. You know, I would. I think I would just try to tell maybe what I observed. Ooh, that's really good. That's really good. And do you think that that is a part of helping somebody discover? Yes. When somebody else sees something in them? Yes. Yeah. So uh, I just want to end this with this. Rachel, I've seen greatness in you. And when you started to really understand who you are and the superpowers that you have, and you have just grown exponentially in your craft and what you do in your management. And we've always said that Really, it's not the idea of selling paint or the operations of selling automotive paint. We love the people, right? Right. It's so good. Well, I can't thank you enough for for being on this podcast with me, and you've helped me so much. So I appreciate you and thank you, and you are amazing. Oh, thank you, Ken. Okay. Well, Rachel Jones, everyone, thank you so much, Rachel, for your time, and I hope everyone gleaned some cool and helpful things off of Rachel's journey and where she's been. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rachel, for your insight and being so transparent with us today. A couple of the takeaways that you can take with you today are one, Rachel understands the value of speaking what she wants in life. She is creating her reality by confessing what she wants. It is in the power of the tongue. Rachel also does not let her past define her. She knows who she is and stays in that reality. Rachel also lets others speak into her life. Allowing a coworker or your subordinate to talk in your life is huge. When you know who you are, this is so much easier to do. She knows others for her identities because she studies people and learns about what makes them tick. 
That makes managing people so much easier. And they also know you believe in them and want them to do the best and have the best. And last, I always want to have you leave these episodes with you know some, some takeaways that you can act on for yourself. And today I want you to study one of your coworkers, a family member, somebody you're close to, and try to find out about how and why they do the things they do. Me, I've studied a friend of mine that I do projects with, and he's an introvert. He loves to be by himself. Because I know that, I know understand more of his identity. I understand why he makes certain decisions and why he does the things he does, and it helps our communication immensely. So try that out. Thank you for listening to the Who Do You Think You Are podcast. I hope you had some kind of a breakthrough moment while you listened today. I love when people get an insight that can quite literally change the way they think and behave. If you want more of this or want to learn more about my community, go to endurancelead.com. That's endurancelead.com. Until the next time, this is Who Do You Think You Are podcast. My name is Ken Kastrico, and I want to thank you for listening. If you found this podcast inspiring, please follow the pod and leave a comment.